Thank you, God. Amen. Amen, amen. Good job. Give him a hug. Give him a hug. Oh, it's a little brotherly hug. All right. Hey, just um, when, when uh, I think you know this, but I just want to say this. When we, the Bible says when we lay hands on each other and we pray prayers of faith that something changes. I don't understand it, but I believe it. And so even now as we're praying, it's not warm fuzzies, oh, somewhere. It's actually like, no, God, we need you desperately to touch and help us. I was just thinking earlier, I leaned over to Jenny. Um, I don't know if you knew, we lived 14 years overseas, Germany for two and a half and Portugal for 11. Um, and uh, it, it fills my soul to be here with you all. Our life overseas was pretty narrow and tight and we didn't have a people to walk with like this. And um, several times during worship, I just am so thankful for each of your hearts to love him. And you're all on a journey, we're all on a journey. It's not like we're all there because I, I know some of your stories in this room and some I don't, and there are times and seasons and places in life where we're pretty desperate and we need help. But what I'm thankful for is we're all in it together. I'm so grateful to be a part of you guys and what God's doing here. And a lot of our friends that aren't here tonight because they're celebrating Thanksgiving and traveling and things like that, weddings and all that good stuff. So, um, <clears throat> hey, um, if you weren't at a, which some of you weren't at Abide, I'm sorry, at retreat, um, one of the nights, uh, one of the times at retreat, we actually went through the book of Nehemiah and talked about establishing a victorious lifestyle. So if you're interested in just reading through an incredible book of the Bible, and specifically this chapter eight and nine, and there's, there's um, seven different kind of principles here that are kind of like, as you read through these, like, God, what is this in my life? I wanna practice this. Um, you're welcome to grab these, or by little, little tables by the back of the door, you're welcome to grab one. If you just need something to kind of boost your walk with God, um, this is a great one. Read through chapter eight, chapter nine, slow down on these verses, and God teach me help me grow in this area, that kind of thing, okay? So you're welcome to grab one in the back. All right. Um, hey, tonight we're going to talk about the mystery of the majesty of God. That's a mouthful, right? The mystery of the majesty of God. And so here's what I, and you, if you've been around and you've heard me say this, I'm just a little bit of grace, I'm going to say it again. Um, at any point when we're talking through the word and, and something inside your heart starts racing, some hope steps up, something like, oh, I need that, please tune me out and lean into God. I really don't care. What I want is for each of us to leave and go, I met with him tonight. Something changed inside of me. And so free, full permission, that's, I'm up here just walking us through the word and some things I feel like God's saying, but I'm just wanting to be like a signpost saying, look at Jesus. He's for us. He loves us. We're going to look at a little bit of scripture here and, and under the majesty of God, but it's just a little taste. And so even some of these things, if you're like, I need more of this, please don't leave here and go, oh, that was neat. I'll come next month. Please leave here and go, wait, I want whatever he's talking about. I want more of that. And we get in the word, we get in life group, we get around community and we say, I want to know the Holy Spirit more. I'm going to know Jesus more. I know the Father more. Okay. So, the mystery of the majesty of God. So, what does majesty mean? Help me out. When, when I say the word majesty, what comes to mind? Oh, sorry, if you're new here, I like to talk, so please feel free, okay? 
Um, what does majesty mean to you when I say that word? Royalty? Yeah, okay, what else? Glory, great, what else? On wonder, okay. Um, have you ever watched anything in England related to the queen? Yeah, the coronation, her death, any wedding? That's majesty. Like, I think of it, kind of like you guys are saying, I think of it as an outward expression that, that is very obvious to everyone around. There is authority in the room. There is creativity. There is power. There is something in the room. We've been to England five times, just our life overseas, visiting church playing teams and stuff. And, and one time we actually got to see the queen and the crown jewels and all these, it was crazy, miles and miles of soldiers and all that stuff. Well, we just walked on the street and there they are. And I'm like, that's majesty to see these huge guns and to see these soldiers on horses with armor on and swords and it was crazy. And then here comes the queen riding down her carriage a couple years ago. It was majesty and it, was, it, it struck our attention. So it is with God. When we think of majesty with God, you might think about creation, right? You ever looked up in the evening as the sun's going down and see a display of his majesty? Yeah, we've been here a year and a half, a little bit more, and it still takes my breath away to see those sunsets. It's just mind-blowing. Creativity of God or the majesty of God, okay? Um, you ever gone to Flagstaff, right? You've seen the snow, you've seen the trees, the fall colors, and you see a display of his majesty. So it is if you've ever sat across from someone and had conversations and thought, there's something good in this person. There's this majesty of God, the fingerprints of God on him. So when we say the mystery of the majesty of God, we can go a whole different, a lot of different directions, but tonight I want to actually talk one more time about the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the, is the active expression of the love and the majesty of God on this planet, but he's so mysterious. You guys know what I'm talking about? Okay? And all of us have different church backgrounds or no church background, and you're like, holy what? Spirit? What is that? Or, or if you're like me, he was like, the third part of the Trinity that no one talked about at all, you know? Or if you're at retreat, you heard Jane and I talk about this, and Jenny grew up on the other spectrum where um, it was a lot of active expression involving the Holy Spirit in church settings. And I'm not saying one's right and one's wrong. I'm just saying we're all coming from different places in this. But when we talk about the mystery of the majesty of God, I want us, we're gonna lean into the Holy Spirit again. Because this is the picture I've had the last three weeks for tonight, where we are, as I've prayed, God, what do you have for us? Well, the picture I keep seeing is like the hand that seems like it's the hand of the Holy Spirit, and then your hand, and I'm here going, hey, let's, let's lock arms. Let's lock hands together. It's like more than just shake, but actually let's know each other. So wherever we're coming from tonight about who the Holy Spirit is and how he works in our lives, I just want to take us another step into his love. And then at the end, we're going to have something very practical we're going to try to commit to do this month to get to know God more that way, okay? So I'm going to give a little, little depiction of maybe how we relate with the Holy Spirit. So Patrick is my Holy Spirit tonight. Yeah, there he goes. The mystery of the majesty of Patrick. Um, okay, so Patrick, can you go stand back there? So there's four different ways I think of that we can relate with the Holy Spirit. Right there is great. It's perfect. There's me and there's the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, hey, Holy Spirit, how you doing over there? Good to see you. Stay there. Don't come closer. No, don't move. I'm good. I read about you in the Bible, and I've seen some of those churches that do your Holy Spirit thing, and it, you make me nervous. 
I love Jesus and the Father, and I don't understand you, but you stay over there, and I'm good. We're going to be fine. Okay? Some of us relate to him that way. Okay, come up, come, come up here. Can you grab that chair in the end? Right by Zach. Here's another way we might relate with him. Just next to each other. You might say, okay, Holy Spirit and I, oh, I just did something. What did I do? I turned it off. Um, Holy Spirit, we're sitting shoulder to shoulder. And it's like, yeah, we're buddies. We're close, but it's, when I was a, with my brother growing up, and I was in the backseat with my brother, and we're like fighting and wrestling, and mom's like, there's a line in between you two. Don't cross it. <laughs> Some of us can relate with the Holy Spirit that way. There's a line between me. I'm okay, but you stay on your side, and I'll stay on my side. But I'm close enough because I know you're part of the Godhead, but you're there and I'm here. So you see, there's a proximity that's changed, but there's still a mistrust, okay? A third way to relate the Holy Spirit would be like this. Okay, spin your chair. If I had, imagine I had coffee cups. And I'm like, hey, Holy Spirit, we're drinking coffee. <laughs> Boom, my fist buffing. And we're like, knee to knee, eye to eye. I'm like, who are you? Tell me about who you are. And I get the word. And I'm like, wait, wait, you're going to help me understand the word. Holy Spirit, can you help me understand this as I read this? And he speaks. He doesn't just silent, the silent partner, right? And we're interacting, and I'm looking at him, but then I'm like, oh, wait, i got to go. Stay there. I'll be back tomorrow morning. Take care. And we relate with the Holy Spirit that way. He's here. I'm here. I'm with you. Peace out. Don't leave. I'll be back. i got work to do. i got stuff to do, right? Or... The third way we can relate to the Holy Spirit, pray for his back, okay, is this way. And I'm like, I'm like, I am heart to heart with him. My heartbeat and his heartbeat is close. He's carrying me. He's being crushed under my weight. He signed a waiver before we did this. Just kidding. Um, whoa, you're tipsy. Don't make me fall, okay? Hey, what do you, hey, can we go over this way, Holy Spirit? No. Okay, you're right, you're right, you're always right. Okay, good. Hey, you're doing good. We need a spotter, okay? Thank you, okay? Thank you. Um, he's gotta go stretch out after that move. Um, sometimes we relate the Holy Spirit that way. So we got four options. And I just wanna say this is the way that God, the Godhead, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, how God wants us to relate with him through the Holy Spirit. I don't quite understand you, but I trust you and I'm in. My arms are around you and I'll let you lead me. And there are times with the Holy Spirit where we go, I don't get what's going on in my life. Where are you? Why would you allow that to happen? Fill in the blank. We all have these times in life where we're like, but it's like if we can just lock our minds and to say, I am on him and I am letting him lead me. And I'm, my mouth is to his ear and he's attentive to my every move. And my heartbeat is close to his. That's how God wants us to relate with the Holy Spirit. Okay? So all of us have one of those four ways. My growing up was like that. I'm reading through a book right now that Francis Chan wrote called The Forgotten God. Has anyone read it? Such a good book, okay? Um, <laughs> I actually paid him for that. He got an extra gift. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm going to trip on this. Okay. Um, so Francis Chan, his whole premise of this book is there's actually three parts of the Godhead, and there is one no one talks about because he freaks us out. 
And he doesn't make sense, and a lot of people have made a mess of who he is. But his, his whole premise of the book is, it is a part of who God is. And if we don't know him, we don't know the Godhead. We're missing a part of the character and expression of God and his love in our life and through us if we don't learn to know him. Okay? So, just, I don't know, for whatever this is worth, this is not like a charismatic message or a whatever. This is, not, I don't care about denominationalism. I'm like, the Spirit of God is expressed through this word. And there's so much in here about who he is. And if you're like me, for so much of my life, I read the Bible and I come to those verses. You know those verses where you go, go fast, past him and then read the others that make me more comfortable? And this book, cover to cover, is about the expression of God on this planet in your life and mine. And how he does that, and we're going to dig into it in just a moment, is Jesus said, I'm going away, but don't worry. Someone different and better is coming. Okay? So tonight, we're just going to look at four different parts of who he is. But my, my request for you is that this month, the month of November, is we actually go on a journey together. And we say, Holy Spirit, I want to know you more. And I'll trust you, and I'll jump on your back, and I'll let you lead me. And I'll trust you. When I don't understand, I'll ask. Help me understand who you are. Okay? So flip to, you got your Bibles? You guys ready? Right after the table of contents is a book called Genesis. Go there. Um, okay? Genesis 1, and we'll see it up on the screens possibly. There we go. Genesis 1, 1 and 2, the first two verses of the Bible. In the beginning, is everyone there? Is ready? Okay. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So we see at the very beginning of creation, we see the Spirit of God working in tandem with the Father and the Son to create us. All that we know today began with him. And I love what it says here when it said the Holy Spirit is hovering. Another translation for that, or another way of understanding that is called brooding. Okay, so have you ever been around a two-year-old that brood? Is that a word? Do two-year-olds pouting? Is that brood? Okay, that's not the brooding we're talking about here. Okay? There's another interpretation or never understanding about brooding. So think about a hen that just laid her eggs. And that hen lays her eggs, she's sitting on the eggs, and the eggs are hard. And that hen is brooding on those eggs. That means that she's keeping them warm. She's keeping them safe. If you've ever been around hens and you try to get their egg, you better not do it. She's going to squawk and fuss and poke at you. That hen is protecting what is being birthed below her. She's both caring for it, she's protecting it, and she's attentive to it. That's brooding. Because that hen knows, though there's something going on here, there's an outer shell that's hard, inside of there is going to be life that comes out, and that life is going to look just like me. That hen has a motherly instinct that's unmistakable, and it's brooding, it's protecting, it's attentiveness. The hen doesn't live a day of its life wringing its hands or its wings or whatever it has. Its wings saying, oh no, are the eggs going to be birthed? The hen knows it's natural inside of them to protect and to keep safe and to keep warm because something is, of life is coming out of this. So the description here of the earth, that it's formless, empty, there's darkness and there's deep. I want to pause for a minute and just say, in your life or someone else's life, 
one of those words might describe your life tonight. Formless, empty, there's darkness, feels like deep waters. The Spirit of God is brooding over your life tonight and mine. I wish he would answer and respond now to the breakthrough you need or someone you know that needs breakthrough. But sometimes he waits because he's brooding, he's protecting, he's being attentive. That is who our Holy Spirit is. Okay, And I can't explain and I don't understand the amount of pain sometimes that we have to go through. But I do know Jesus said, take heart, I'm with you. And his expression of take heart, I'm with you is the Spirit of God protecting our lives. Okay, so we find the Holy Spirit in, in the first and second verse of the Bible. Now flip to the far right to Revelation. Keep on keeping on going. Right before, for me, it's right before the table of weights and measurements in my Bible. Um, Revelation is 22. You guys there? Okay. We're going to read uh, 12, 13, and then jump to 17. This is Jesus speaking. Look, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give each person according to what they have done. I'm the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And then verse 17. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. Let the one who hears say, Come. Let the one who is thirsty come to him. Let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. We find at the very end of time before Jesus returns, we find the spirit and the bride. So if you know Jesus tonight, you're considered the bride of Christ. We're sitting shoulder to shoulder, or if we can use our description earlier, we're sitting on his back, Holy Spirit, and we are saying, come Lord Jesus, please. I need you here. I need you there. The spirit of God is at the very end and he's at the very beginning. So I'd like to submit to you tonight the first perspective about who the Holy Spirit is, is he's our bookends. There's 64 books of this Bible, and they're, they're being held together by the Spirit of God. He's our bookends, and your life and your chapters come and go, and sometimes those chapters are terrible, and sometimes the chapters are amazing. But I want to submit to you that the Holy Spirit is the one that holds everything together. I, for me, the last, I'm actually doing much better internally now, but the previous couple days ago, the previous two weeks were super hard for me internally. I struggled a ton. Just with, where am I going? What's going on? Just weird. Nothing like overtly sin, but just these thoughts that if I take any one of them, I'm not going to go down a good road. You guys, can you relate with me? Please? <laughs> this is yes, so don't make me feel weird. Okay, good, thanks. We all have been there. If we're not there now, we've been there. That was my couple, last couple weeks. And I had to go back to this truth and go, God, I'm not okay inside and I need your help. But Holy Spirit, you're my bookends. You got my back. You know where I'm going. You got my back. You're, we're going to be okay. And oh, please, let all this inside of me go away. <laughs> it didn't feel good. Can you relate with this? Yes, good. Okay. Because we're in this together. Um, so first thing I want to say is the Holy Spirit is our bookends. The next one, if we could turn to John 15. John 15. So what we're going to look at here is Jesus is, is going to the cross quickly, and he's talking to his disciples. So that's you and I, if you know Jesus here. And if you don't, if you're curious and you're here and you're like, I don't know this Jesus, but I'm interested, or I don't know, my friend invited me and I think I'm interested. It's okay. I'm glad you're here. 
This is Jesus talking to us also. So when we read scripture, we got two perspectives. We've got a historical perspective. This is Jesus talking to the guys and they're getting it. And he's saying, hold on, you're gonna be okay, I'm coming back. And there's a perspective of application in our life because the word of God is living and active. And so this word is for us today too. Is everyone good with this? It's historical and it's very relevant. Have you ever read a verse that you've read a hundred times and for some reason this, this same verse goes, oh, I needed that. Truth. I've been reading through, we're, we're leading the night school right now and I've been reading with the students through 1 Kings and 2 Kings and, and God's teaching me cool stuff. Like it's so fun. I love what he's teaching me and I've read it a hundred times. But there's new truth there. That's the living and active word, okay? So as we read this, there's application so we're going to look at four different ways the Holy Spirit works in our lives. And Jesus is going to address each one of these. He talks about sin or about struggle and temptation and about, that leads to falling away from him and walking away from the church. He talks about grief and pain. Sorry, three things. And grief and pain and also, um, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. And the questions in our lives. Where's God? Who is God? Is all this stuff real? I don't quite understand it. Does he heal today? Does he not? Is this word applicable? Those questions, we all have them over the time. So Jesus addresses these in relation to the Holy Spirit. So let's read together 26, 27. So this is 15, verses 26, 27. And when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me, and you will also testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. So there's two different things I want us to catch in this little part about the Holy Spirit. It, capital letter, that means it's a name, right? So the Holy Spirit is our advocate. What does advocate mean? What is it? Fights for you? Great. Okay. What's an advocate mean? What else? He's our helper. He's our defender. Yeah. What else? Jenny, you said something earlier when I was talking about this. The advocate, and you were talking about like he advocates for other people. He moves us to, to respond, right? What were we saying? Sorry. He's on our side. Okay, he's our advocate. He's on our side. It's great. Anything else? What's that? He in, yeah, yeah. He intercedes on behalf. Great. Okay. So he's our advocate. Um, we lived 11 years, like I said, in Portugal. So does, <laughs> trick question, does anyone know the word for lawyer in Portuguese besides Jenny? Do you really? No. Ah, uh, no, but good guess. Uh, it, you're so close. It's advogado. Were you, was I close, John? Okay. What would it be in Spanish? Okay. So it's close. So advogado is lawyer. So I want to submit, as the advocate is, are those things in our life, the advocate is also our advogado, our lawyer. What do lawyers do? I'm accused of something, right or wrong. My lawyer stands in between me and that accusation. He actually fights for me so I don't have to defend myself. He is the one that turns to me to say, can you help me understand this? And say, hey, please don't do that again, or whatever it is. But the lawyer, the advogado, the advocate, he's also the one when shame comes, when temptation comes, he's the one that we can say, advogado, Holy Spirit, do you protect me here? Or when we fall on our face and make bad choices and then shame's right after it, because we all know that, 
that, oh, I'm a bum, shouldn't have, I'm not worthy, what da da so fill in the blank. We all know that feeling, that crushing feeling of shame. If we can actually say, I'm gonna look away from the shame and look at my advocate, my advogado, and say, you take care of that accusation, I just wanna see you more. You guys get that? Does that make sense? He's our advocate, he's our protector, he is. And tonight, if you're like, I don't know him that way, write it down, put it in your phone, and start to say, this month, the month of November, Holy Spirit, I wanna know you as my advocate. Would you teach me who you are in your word and in my experience, okay? It also says here at the end of verse 12, he testifies about me, and you must also testify for you have been with me from the beginning, okay? If you know Jesus today, you've probably had this feeling before. Have you ever gone into a grocery store and you're, you're buying your food and you think, I should tell this person about Jesus? You know that feeling? And they're like, Ugh! and you're like, your throat closes up and you start turning white and fearful and I don't know what to do. And you ever know that feeling? Yeah. That's called our flesh. Great idea. Our flesh is trying to work out I should share with someone. This says that the Holy Spirit testifies about Jesus, and then he says, and so should you testify about me. So I'd like to submit, he's the testifier, not me and not you. He's at work in someone's life. My job is to consistently love and care for people. And when I say, Holy Spirit, do you have anything for this person? He might say, hey, ask him about their mom. Or he might say, tell him I love him. Or he might say, give him a candy bar. I don't know. Okay, so Jenny and I, we love Halloween. This is our second Halloween here. We love it. Here's why. Don't, don't worry. Don't judge me, okay? We love Halloween because it's the one day of, of 365 days a year. It's the one day where hundreds of people come to our house and we get to love them. It's actually really fun. Don't worry. I know the history of Halloween and all that stuff, but we are called to bring light into dark places. So we did this again this year. We set up our table and we had bowls of candy and we also had a bowl of oranges. Kids are weird, by the way. Some kids only took an orange, and I'm like, you got bowls of candy here. Like, I would never have taken orange, but anyways, I'm so glad they're healthy. That's great. Uh, I'll eat their candy. Um, so, so Halloween night, we, we set out, and we had a friend with us, and, and people were coming in, and I remember several times I started having that feeling, I should go to the parents and tell them about Jesus. And then I say, Holy Spirit, what do you think? And he says, just smile at him and wave. Okay, I can do that. Another parent comes bringing some kids up to the table, and I'm like, oh, no, should I do something? And, and the little kid's short. I remember, I, I was like, God, what should I do? I'm like, anxiety. No, that's not from you. God, what should I do right now? And I felt like he said, get the bowl off the table and smile at that little girl, make eye contact, and say, choose some candy. And I have to believe that my love and my care shines a light into dark places in people's hearts. And people remember our house versus any other one, okay? The end of the night, people, the, the path that people were slowing down, and, and this one guy comes by the little stroller and a kid, and I said, hey, how are you? And the kid got some candy, and he said, good. And he turned his stroller back around and came back to our, to our walkway, and he, and he starts talking to me and telling me a story about police and stuff. He told me a story about something in his life. Um, and, um, and I'm listening, and as I'm listening, I'm saying, and I'm, I'm engaging, but I'm also saying, Holy Spirit, do you have anything for him? And I felt like Holy Spirit said, tell him I love him. So I'm loving him by just looking him in the eyes, interested in him, not trying to break conversation and all that stuff. 
And just for the record, I'm not actually an extrovert. I don't normally like to do those things. <laughs> so, so it's all God that I could look him in the eye, you know, whatever. Um, so, and as we're interacting, I'm, I, God, I feel like God says, tell him I love him. And so we're talking for a while, and then the, the moment pauses, and I said, hey, what was your name? And I shook his hand. He said, I'm Ben. And I, hey, I say, I'm Scott. I said, where do you live? And he said, oh, the apartment's around the corner. We live in apartment number, da, 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 whatever it was, 200, 251. My wife and I and my kid. Oh, great. Good to meet you. I know where those are. And I talked and I said, hey, can I ask you a question? I said, I love Jesus and he's changed my life. Has anyone ever told you that he loves you? And he went, no. And I said, he does. He cares about you and everything in your life. And he goes, I'm LDS, I gotta go. <laughs> I'm like, see ya, you know? And I just have to trust that my love and my obedience planted a seed inside of his heart that went, something in that house is different than every other house I walk by. So the Holy Spirit is our testifier. Do you guys, does that make sense? Simple example. Walk through life, our default is I love people around me. I go to the gym, I go to the grocery store, I just, I just love people. And in the middle of it, I'm saying, God, do you have anything for someone today? And when you sense him maybe saying to share something, just step out and love people. Because we don't know what they need, but he does. So our Holy Spirit is our advocate, and he's our testifier. He's the one that goes before us to love people. Because he's the one who prepares their hearts. We don't. He knows when people are ready and interested, and when they need to know about him when they don't. Okay, you guys ready to keep going? Okay, verse, we're going to jump down 15, no, sorry, 16, and we're going to do the second part of verse 4, where it says, I did. Come on the screen. I did. You got it? So Jesus speaking here. Um, I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with, or because I was with you, but now I'm going to him who sent you, or sent me. None of you asked me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I've said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So this, the, in this, the Greek word for Holy Spirit is uh, paraclete. Who said that earlier? Yeah, you got it. Come on. You just had to wait. That was it. <laughs> what's the Holy, what's the name for the Holy Spirit? Ready, go. Paraclete. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Okay. So paraclete means counselor and, do we know the other one? Kind of two main parts, the counselor and the comforter. The Holy Spirit is the paraclete, the counselor and the comforter. So if you were to read in 14, when Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit more, he actually refers to, he says, don't live as orphans. What Jesus is talking about here is very important. When he says the Holy Spirit's better, I go away because he's coming to you. He's saying, you're not orphans. I'm going to send someone to you that's the paraclete, that's the counselor and the comforter. And if you're like me, my, my dad left when I was 11, and I felt like I lived like an orphan, but I wasn't for many, many years. Will someone look my way? Someone love me. If there's a leader, I'm trying to get their attention. Just weird. It's <laughs> part of my soul. But he's setting me free, and I'm so thankful. But part of it is learning this about who he is. He is my paraclete. He's my counselor and my comforter. So I'm not alone. And if we, can, if we live with what's, what we can, maybe if we could just call like an orphan spirit, if we can live with a belief system as an orphan, what do orphans believe? 
No one loves me. I'm rejected, and I got to fend for myself. Let that sink in for a minute. Does that ring true about deep inside of your motivations? No one loves me, no one sees me, and I have to fend for myself. If that rings true for you, you're not bad and wrong, it's actually an opportunity for you to know the Holy Spirit in this way. As your paraclete, the, the counselor, the comforter, the one that's with me, so I'm not alone. So when I started growing in this and being set free in this several years back, it was that I spent day and night going to bed saying, Holy Spirit, I feel so alone so many times, but you heal my heart and help me to know you. Countless times, I just would go back and say, God, please, I want to be free. Because I would be, act weird around people <laughs> because I was, there was that orphan deal in me. Okay, can any relate, please? I'm feeling a little awkward here. Okay, we can relate. Matt got it. Okay, good. So Matt and I are tracking. Um, but if that's you in your heart, hold on to this moment. And maybe your month of November is saying, God, I want to be set free from this belief system that I'm an orphan, that no one sees me and no one knows me and I have to fend for myself. The paraclete's close by. Okay, the next thing he talks about here is grief. That's another part of this character, the Holy Spirit. So grief is, we're mourning, we're, we're longing for something we've lost. We've all been there, and if we haven't, it will come a time in our lives. And Jesus is clear. He says, he says don't worry, uh, let's see, verse six. Rather, you're filled with grief because I've said these things. So Jesus doesn't like truth him away. Stop grieving, stop being sad. He actually says, I'm with you, and I'm sending someone even better. That's the paraclete. Okay, so maybe something in your life or you think about someone in your, own li- in your life around you that's grieving and doesn't know how to get out of it. Grief, the answer to grief is relationship with God. And it takes time, time to heal and time to know him as that paraclete. Okay? I wrote something down here I think is important. And, and you might, this might ring true for some of you. Un- uncomforted grief leads to bitterness of heart. Bitterness of heart leads to accusation, and accusation leads to falling away. I'm going to read it one more time. Uncomforted grief leads to bitterness of heart. Bitterness of heart leads to accusation. It's your fault. It's the church's fault. It's the pastor's fault. It's my boss's fault. It's someone else's fault. I'm hurting. It leads to accusation, and accusation leads we walk away from the people of God and the things of God. And I just want to say, it's no one else's fault, but it's our invitation. If you're going through grief, or you will if you haven't, and it could be grief of I'm not married. It could be grief of someone passed away. I, I, grief can have a it's not the job I like. I don't, grief can have a myriad of expressions. Is the Holy Spirit is actually the one that wants to stick close to you in that moment and bring healing, okay? So I want to invite you, if that makes sense to you, or if you know someone, start praying this for them, okay? Grief's not bad. Grief is a part of life. It's what we do with it that defines us. It sets our course towards a bitter, unforgiving heart that leads to bitterness, and I leave the church and leave the people of God. Or it sets us on a course to say, I'm a different person than I was because that still hurts, but I'm so free because he's with me in it, okay? 
So that's the fourth part of this paraclete that I want to mention here, is that he is actually the one that comforts us and counsels us. So the key for this, real quick, is time. It takes time to grieve loss. It takes time, and, and grief is not perfect, and grief is not beautiful. We can grieve anything. But it takes time, but it also takes, and this was what I started to do a couple weeks ago when I was really struggling with a lot of stuff, is I actually started to carve out space in my evening or my day where it didn't affect my family or something, but I, and I would sit with God and I'd say, Lord, I'm hurting. I don't understand this. Can you help me get this? And I bring my pain inside to him and then I wait and I say, Lord, is there something you want me to understand about this? Is there some scripture I need to know? And I'm letting him be involved with my pain instead of I'm going to figure out my pain somewhere else. Does that make sense? Yeah? Okay. So word of caution, if you ever read Job, he's got some buddies that are bad counselors. Okay? I don't do very good. So if in your grief you decide, if you tend to want to go and talk about your grief with a lot of people that don't really lead you towards Jesus, you probably don't need to go talk to them. Please promise you, it didn't go well for Job, it won't go well for us. But Job's response was, though he slay me, I will trust him. And in grief, if we'll go to Jesus and we'll have the right people around us that walk with God and stay with us in the mess, but say, I'm going to go forward with you, and they commit to pray for us, that's the kind of people we want to say, please do this grief with me. Help me not be alone. Okay? All right. Last one. So we have the advocate, we have the testifier, right? We have this, we're going to get to the spirit of truth in a minute. And we're just talking about the paraclete, the one that comforts and counsels. All right. So last set of verses here. You guys ready? 12 and 13. You guys there? I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is to come. I love these two verses. If you have questions in life, which we all do at different times, if you ever meet a Christian who has all the answers, they're actually probably missing the boat. Hey, life brings us questions, and that's okay. It's what do we do with it? We go to the spirit of truth, and we say, help me what aligns with your word and help me understand this. I don't understand it. And we lean into him. We jump on his shoulders and we just ride along. We're whispering in his ear and we're saying, this thing doesn't make sense to me. Can't we understand? Okay? We don't go read all the blogs. We don't go read all the crazy ideas and listen to all the podcasts. But we go, Lord, what's true? I need, I have this question about you. And God, teach me in your word what's true about this. And the spirit of truth will help us. He will help us. But we have to give him space and time, and we have to give him our heart. If we approach him just in like a mental way, okay, even if you're a thinker or a feeler in here personality-wise, those are kind of irrelevant in this moment. <laughs> we approach him with our questions, and we say, Lord, this is what I need answered. And if you're like me, when I have those, I actually don't let him go. If I got a question and I really am like, this is a grounding, foundational, theological, whatever question, I'm posing it to him multiple times a day. I'm not going to find all the podcasts to talk about it and all the great ideas. I'm going, Holy Spirit, what's true here? 
And I'm opening my word and I'm saying, please teach me. I need help here. I don't understand. And I promise you he'll answer your questions. Or he'll say, it's okay, you don't need to know right now. And that word brings comfort. Okay? So that fourth part of who he is is the spirit of truth. He's the spirit of truth. Okay? So can we bring that last slide up? Real quick, with the list. Oh. Nope, oh, that one. There you go. So he's the... He's the advocate, he's the testifier, he's the paraclete, meaning comforter and counselor, and he's the spirit of truth, right? So what I want to ask you to do is to look at one of these and think about for your own life, what do you need to know about him related to this part of his character? How do you need this from him? And what I said at the beginning is I want to ask the, the month of... November, that we as a community and as your life groups and even people that aren't here tonight, if we just say, hey, this month, I'm getting to know the Holy Spirit better. I'm learning to ride on his back and trust him when I don't understand. And there's a really practical way I want to ask us to do something. So can everyone take out their phone? Okay? And on the ends of the aisles, there's a little bowl. Jenny, this, this one's right there. A little bowl, and, and there's a little red dots in the bowl. It's on this side. So if y'all could take, take a dot, or there's pack, they're little pieces of two. If you want to grab two, you need two, that's fine. If you can grab one of these dots, two of these dots, and pass it to the next person. So where's the bowls? Are they over there? I know I put a bowl here. You got a bowl? Well, that bowl goes across your row. Where'd that bowl go? Who stole? Oh, Maggie. I'm just... <laughs> Maggie's still in all the dots. I, I'm just kidding. That was a joke. You would never. Maggie, the ball's over here. It's coming around for you guys. Okay, so I know, I know that um, <laughs> this phone may feel kind of personal to you, but here's what I want to ask just for a month. Would you be willing to put a red dot on your phone? I got one on here. I've had it here for three days. You don't have to put it in the front. You can put it on the back. I don't, it doesn't matter. This is for you, not for me, okay? This won't be like December 6th, the next abide, I say, where's your red dot? What did you, okay? This is for you. What I want to ask is that you, if you'd be willing to do this, take the, a red dot and put it on your phone somewhere. John 15 said, John 15, four and five says, abide in me and I in you and you'll bear much fruit. And I think one interpretation of bear much fruit when Jesus is saying that is kind of like, I'm going to see people healed. I'm going to see people saved. I'm going to God things. But I think the broader God definition of I bear much fruit is I'm actually more in love with him than ever before. I'm more okay with being on his back and letting him lead me than ever before. So these dots are, I want to just call them abiding dots. And what I want to ask, if you keep them on your phone for just a month, okay, is when we see it, you pick up your phone in the morning, time for the day, and you see the dot, just take a moment and say, thank you, Holy Spirit, you're with me today. Really simple. You're stepping into a meeting at work, or you have a big Zoom meeting, and you put your phone down, and you just see the red dot, not a burden, not like a shame thing. It's like a, thank you, Holy Spirit, you're with me. Just put it down. You're going to bed at night, And maybe you see your red dot and you say, Holy Spirit, would you give me dreams tonight? I want to know you more. Or maybe this red dot to you actually means, I need an advogado. I need a lawyer. I need a protector. I feel very unsafe in life. 
and you see the red dot, and this month of November, we actually say, I want to know you as my protector. Okay? Everyone good with this? So, um, and what I want to ask too, in the back, there's more bowls, and there's strips of five or six. If you could grab one and just take it to Life Group, because there's people here that aren't, aren't able to make it tonight, that I would love for all of us as a community to actually grow this month, grow in our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because if we reject or neglect the Spirit of God, we actually reject all of God. He is part of the Godhead. And we have to know Him just like we want to know the Holy Spirit. We want to know the Holy Spirit. We want to know Jesus. We want to know God the Father. There are seasons where He takes us into knowing His character. But I'd love for us to get to Thanksgiving and go, I am thankful. I'm learning how to ride on His back. I'm learning how to feel His heartbeat. And I'm learning how to trust Him. That's what I'm asking. For your sake and my sake. Okay, so I'm going to be be riding my red dot all month. I'd love for you guys to do the same. And in life group, take time. Take a few minutes. Take some time to say, hey, what, what what was something that you learned this week when you actually turned your affections towards him, when you saw your red dot? And it be a part of life group. We're just trying to exchange interactions with God. And it stirs us to know him more. Sometimes it's the power of testimony as you hear someone else's story and you go, oh, I want that. And we jump in. Okay, so we're going to practice it for just a minute. You guys ready? Just super class. So so let's pretend you're about to start a work meeting. All right? And you take your phone, you put it down, you see a red dot. Here's what I want you to say. You can say it just in your own heart. Holy Spirit, I know you're near me right now. And I give you all of my affection. And I trust you for what I need for this meeting. You're engaging with the meeting, you're engaging with your coworkers, and your heart is attentive to him. It's possible to both. And if we start making this a habit, my guess is December 6th when we come back together again, we're gonna be more in love and more alive. And it may be that some of us are still in the grave place or the pain place that doesn't change our situation, but it changes our connection to him. It was like a, <laughs> sorry, it's like a gang sign, sorry. Um, does that make sense? <laughs> um, that, that is what I'm asking. That's what I'm asking for us. That's what I'm hoping for tonight is the fruit of tonight is we have that red dot and it just reminds us, you're with me right now. And if you sometimes struggle with things on your phone and you need breakthrough, that red dot might remember, oh yeah, you're near me right now. I don't have to go to that thing anymore for comfort. Spirit of God, you're my comfort. I don't have to go to that thing for a sense of rest because I just had a long work day, so I'm gonna kind of bury myself into whatever it is on my phone. We see there a dot and we go, oh, first, Holy Spirit, thank you, you're with me right now. Would you come and give me rest? I'm just tired. Okay. So I'm excited to see what he does in our lives. So let's get to Thanksgiving and let's get to the next abide and let's see what has God done in our lives. I guarantee it's gonna be amazing. All right, so why don't we all stand up? We want to, what we want to do here for the, to the, kind of as we wrap our time up, is I want to, we've taken some time to um, just ask God, is there anything you want to do in our lives tonight? Is there anything specific? Because it's something for all of us, when we ever, if you've been to Abide before, we always want to make space for, for God to touch us and God to heal us and God to restore us. 
So what I'm gonna do is just call it a couple different things. And if this is you, then there'll be groups of people in the room that are just gonna wanna pray for you. And what I'd love to ask is either we're responding to God right now or we're praying for someone. But please don't sit indifferent in your row, okay? Please respond. This is a moment. He has something for us, okay? So if when I talked about the paraclete or the brooding idea and that orphan, I, the orphan experience, and you're like, yeah, that's me. I feel like I have to just protect myself all the time. Matt and Rachel, can you guys pray for people? Sorry, I didn't ask you earlier. Uh, Matt and Rachel are going to be over here. And they would love to pray for you. Okay? So if that rings true, if you're like, I need to know he's going to brood over, he's going to actually be attentive to me. I feel like an orphan of how I live deep in my belief system. Another thing we had when we were praying was this picture of rechargeable batteries. And this sense that, this sense that God wants to actually recharge your battery. And specifically around chronic fatigue or like deep weariness. Not like I've had a, hard, a long week and I'm tired, but it's like, I'm weary of soul. Like there's something in me that's worn out. We'd love to pray for you. And again, this is God healing and touching and restoring. This isn't us doing anything special, but we want to lean into him and trust him for that. Okay. So if that's you in just a minute, if you have chronic fatigue syndrome, or if you know someone that does, and you're like, I'm going to get prayer for them. Let's see God heal them. Let's see God do something. Okay. So, or deep weariness. We can pray over here in just a minute for that. Okay. Sam and Matt, can you guys do that? Okay, so Sam and Mac will be over here and they'd love to pray for you, okay? And the last one is that advocate idea where it just feels like accusations are out of control. I just can't do anything right. All those thoughts that bounce around in my head are so full of shame and uncertainty. Um, John would love to pray for you, okay? So he's gonna be back there by that white door and if that's you, then please step into that and say, I need help. I need you to pray for me. I need God to touch me, All right? So the paraclete, the, I feel like an orphan. We're praying over here. Recharging batteries, that chronic fatigue and deep weariness over here. And then the advocate will pray in the back, okay? And if there's something else you need as we worship and you're not being prayed for or praying for someone, grab someone and ask them. If you need physical healing, we, we've just seen God touch people in great ways as we gather. If you need something healed, get some, grab someone and have them pray for you, okay? So we're just going to take a few more minutes to pray. So if you could, if, as, as the song starts, if you guys could move that way, and let's either we're either responding to God or we're praying for someone. And let's jump in and pray, all right?